Greetings from sunny Birmingham and thank you for listening. My name is Edgars and this is Top Tips for and by Small Business Owners podcast. Podcast where small business owners sharing their top tips of success. And in today's episode, we will be talking about creativity. Now, it is time for me to introduce my co-host. And today, for the first time, I'm delighted to be accompanied by Eight Fleet, creativity expert and founder of the Sales Eight training. Hello, Eight. And warm welcome, but actually not so warm because for the first time ever, I can actually see the snow side of my window. Very warm welcome. How are you? Very good. Good morning, Edgars, and thank you for having me on the Top Tips podcast. I think it took us how long? Almost six months before we came up to uh, actually making one together because I remember about six months ago or maybe even longer when you delivered a wonderful creativity presentation for our mastermind group and even though it was a small group but i actually had a lot of great uh, reviews and the feedback especially we had a um, designer a clothes designer with us and she was alina i'm not sure if you remember and she actually was really inspired by the whole thing because as you can imagine for the people that's designing the clothes uh, and actually having you know uh, a high rank close with all the creative elements. The creativity training was something that she never heard of. And that's why I actually thought so many people know about the creativity, but I haven't seen so many trainings or I haven't seen um, so many presentation about the creativity. Do you have any ideas? Why would that be so? Oh, I think uh, why that be so? I think sometimes, I think it maybe just comes down to definition. You know, and, and uh, I think some people maybe see uh, creativity as a bit of a, a soft skill, maybe arty. Um, so I, I've always gone with the definition of um, Ken Robinson's definition of creativity, which is the process of having ideas that add value. And when you look at it from that angle, it me, you know, you then suddenly realize, actually, I can, I can use this process in all areas of business, you know, for new products, new processes, new services. So I think when, when you... Um, when you capture that definition, it's uh, certainly really helpful. Couldn't be that for another reason, because actually I don't think there is so many experts that's actually focusing on creativity. So I think there is a problem with actual uh, supply. I mean, maybe there is a demand, um, which I think in any profession, uh, even when sometimes people think it's not so creative, but when you touch basing on marketing and sales, you got to be creative, especially in the current situation. So I think probably the first misconcept that people think, well, we are not in the art and we are not in, you know, um, design. So that's why probably the creativity got absolutely nothing to do with us. And then even though if they're realizing that, do we know many experts out there that saying, well, we are the creativity experts? Have you met anyone who is doing similar things to you? And that's maybe a tricky question there, so you don't need to disclose them if you do. But um... I think no, I, I agree completely with you, and um, I call this the the creativity gap. And there's actually there's, there's actually quite a few surveys out there whereby what is the key the key skills that employers are looking for, and often within the top three is often creative thinking, yet only a very small number of um, employers employees should I say. Um, feel they've reached their creative potential. And um, so we have a gap. You know, employee, companies wanting creativity, but people not having reached their um, 
creative potential. So I call that the creativity gap. I think there is there is definitely people out there speaking on creativity, but I think it often tends to be a little bit more focused. For example, as you just described, maybe in the marketing um, and sort of typical creative industries. I'm with you. So now let me just ask you the first question. It's when, how, and why you even started thinking, or I've used it in a bracket like working, in a creativity kind of subject, do you remember when you started and how this all began? Yeah, I guess I guess for me, um, uh, I'm lucky that um, ideas have always been um, a key part of my professional career. So I'm, I've got a sales background, and, and I, I always like to think creatively about about my work. So it's something that's come quite naturally to me. And when I established Sales Aid um, to try and pass on my skills through a training package. I knew that creativity needed to be one of the key modules that I wanted to share my experience with other people. But that was the one where, um, in order to do this, I needed to, to sort of research it quite extensively to try and look at it as a science rather than art. So that was when a, f- a, f- um, a few years ago when I set up the sales aid sales training. That was when I started to look much more deeply into creativity so that I could... Um, um, pass this on as a hard skill um, to other people. And that was when I then came up with the, the five steps to, to commercial creativity. So I run this uh, yep. uh, as, a, as a training program in, in itself. Gotcha. Well, we actually had the first question about the creativity. It's well-known subject, but not so common topic to be discussed, especially in combination with the business. And I think we sort of touch based on it in the, in the pre-part. But um, why would that be? So if surveys are saying that there is a gap of, uh, in creativity, people would like to know more about this and actually would like to use it and abuse it in their jobs. Why there is so little offering out there? What is the main problem? Is it the problem that the business owners don't see the returns of, on the investment? They don't see the direct link or it's... You know, it's a perception of the people that there is no need or that cannot be beneficial to them. I'm not sure. I mean, if you ask me anywhere I worked before, that was never discussed. And I think um, it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing because everybody realizing there could be a potential, but some few people do something about it. Any, any thoughts? That's a really, really good question. I think, um, I think... For maybe maybe certainly for smaller business, it comes down to something I would describe as in the job and on the job. You know, when when um, entrepreneurs and small business owners start their companies, you know, they're full of the um, their brand concept and, and where they want to be, and that's what I would call working on the business. You know, what was that thing that drove you to set up your business in the first place? But then on a day-to-day basis, um, it's very easy to get caught up in the in the business, you know, so HR issues, accounts, tax, then maybe it's very easy to forget why we set up the business in the first place and we, and we lose that bigger picture. And when we take a step back um, to think about working on the business, in order, to, in order to deliver on this, this is where creativity is key. And actually, the, the other way of, you know, one thing I would often mention is what happens if we don't do this? And there's um, some really good examples of, of companies, you know, on a much higher level, um, not moving to the next level. You know, for example, that the the Tesla was not developed by the car industry. You know, um, 
Netflix was not developed by the movie industry. So actually, if, if, you, if you don't make creativity part of your company culture, if you like, then there is the opportunity that you miss moving to that next level and, and then your business will just slowly uh, fizzle away. As we say, if it doesn't grow, it dies. You know, the, the, rule, yeah. the rule of nature, you know, if, if the tree is stopping growing, that means the tree is dying. So now, how creativity can be used in business? So if we're talking more specifically, uh, how do we link this? Which departments or how overall that can be applicable for small business owners? So this is, this is, um, this is where, for me, it's a great question. Thank you. I, I guess... For me, it's it's all areas of business, you know, and um, so from you know from from making new products, new processes in sales, in marketing, uh, new services, and so 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 the way I look at um, so going back to this, um, my defin the definition of Ken Robinson, the process of generating ideas that add value. So. For me, um, creativity is, is very much a hard skill. It's a process and it can be embedded into, into the culture of, of any company in, in all areas. And so the steps that I use is, is the environment. Um, so sometimes this, we need to get our brains to be creative. It's impossible to do this when we're, when we're busy with the technology and media so the first thing is, is, is the environment. And often for people, this can be to, to dedicate some time away from the office where they know they feel more relaxed. Sometimes this can be people when, when people are driving, just before they go to sleep, when they're in the shower. Or having, if it's not possible um, for small business owners to, to dedicate time away from the office, having dedicated space in the office. So I call this um, uh, analog and digital areas. So the digital areas is the area you work on the job, um, you know, in the job really with you know the incoming day-to-day -day activities but having a dedicated analog space where you can work on the job so the first one is, is the environment and the second one is um, people and, and, and teams so I'm a big fan of collaborative creativity and, and actually um, the, we, we need to encourage ideas from everybody in, in the company, no matter how big it is, because you're ultimately looking for that one good idea. I know, I know myself that for any, any, any individual topic, my, my brain will fire out maybe 10, 10 ideas, but I know that nine of them just aren't going to work. But could that, could that one idea be the one that is the game changer? And then a third, I think the third part is, is the bit that really answers your question. So having an actual process, um, so often we go into meetings and then, and then it's declared, you know, we, we need to come up with a new product or a new service or a new, a new way of selling. But actually, one of the hot tips could be sending out the advanced brief. So what, what is it we need to achieve? Is it a new product? Is it a new process? Is it a new service? And then sending out that advanced brief to, to your colleagues with, with assessment criteria. Because one of the, the key phases in creativity is the process. So ultimately, we need to we need to um, immerse ourselves in, in lots of information relating to the topic, and then ultimately we need to walk away from it sometimes to allow um, our brain to subconsciously um, process this information, and then hopefully you wait for the uh, the um, the light bulb 
uh, eureka moment and then hopefully have the ideas but then the other key part then is is taking how in a process to to verify those ideas so um, it's, it's, it's great that the team can come up with new ideas, new products, new processes, new services, but they, then they need to be validated. And so again, having a process for this, uh, one common one is um, Edward de Bono's six hats, you know, where you use your, um, your colleagues to, to challenge your ideas from positive perspectives, from negative, from creative angles. And um, I understand that, you know, some of your, um, podcast listeners may be small business owners and this may not always be possible um, you may not have have five six people in your team to, to verify ideas but you know that they, they say that a saying is that you are the sum of the five people you spend most time with so you know don't be afraid to to um, use trusted uh, colleagues from other businesses or close friends and family when you've got your ideas um, use them to challenge uh, challenge your ideas and help you verify them um, in order order to move them forward. So I think in answering your question, is it's really changing the company culture. Uh, I think it's, if, if business owners really do believe that, um, that um, creativity is an important part of, of their company, then we need to embed creativity and a, and a culture of collaborative creativity um, through the company. And I think another, another answer to your question would be Sometimes when a company has a product that's working really well, then they are scared to maybe take that risk on that product. So maybe maybe there can be areas of the company that are working well and they, you know, they're protected and, and you use creativity in other areas so that you, you have other products that are coming up for the future um, ready to take the place of the, of the ones that are doing well currently. Like what you said, um, one thing that's maybe a creative thing that's triggered in my mind, um, we had a discussion and you've said, you know, if you're a small business owner, it's only you, yourself and you, which nine times out of 10 is the case. Uh, and you're saying, well, I don't have the team of five people. I think this is a concept that's actually blocking your mind of thinking creative. Now, I had an interview with a lady that's... Um, applied for the Dragon's Den, um, I'm not sure what you call it, show competition. Uh, she didn't go through, but she actually went through the whole process of the preparation. And one thing that she did, uh, she actually created a, a board of directors, which was not actually a board as such, and they've been not legally assigned to a company as a directors, but that's been a combination of four or five people, which nicely links to your example that are the experts in a certain fields, well-known experts that she knows personally, and she had their permission to put them on the list of the experts or the boards. And I think anyone who's thinking, okay, well, I can have my creative board and I can actually have three, four or five people that I know that are very good creating certain ideas and things. And why don't you just keep them as the board for your business? So once a month or once every two months or three months, when you sort of need to have a creative meeting, you gather somewhere, probably now it's going to be Zoom, uh, but you know, before you could just invite them for a coffee and just have a one or two hours uh, brainstorming. You treat them to a coffee, you treat them to a, you know, nice people talking and sharing their ideas and you don't really need to have them employ. So I think if people uh, having this perception that I'm not doing something because I don't have this 
uh, team that can work with me, well, you know, easy, uh, easy solution, uh, don't employ them. Or maybe just have imaginary people. I mean, like when I completed the silver training and, and we did have this, you know, brain, um, brain work kind of thing and you and you having advisors, the people that you actually can envision uh, and you either know or you don't know them. And, you know, if you want to have uh, Mr. Obama as, as a part of your advisors, you just imagine them and you think what they would do in this situation, you know, if you ask them this question. And the mind comes up with sorts, all sorts of interesting solutions there. So, uh, which I wanted to have a little remark. So if the small business owners black, blocking themselves from doing something because they don't have the team, you, you don't have to do that. You can find a different way of doing that. That's a really good idea, and it's it sounds like a, a cost-effective way of doing things as well. Write it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please use it and abuse it. If that helps, yeah, yeah. that's all. Um, you know, this is all about helping small business owners. And as I said, like yeah. the solutions can be very, um, very simple as long as you're allowing yourself. I've read the book, and I think we discussed it about six months ago, um, and that was a, a marvelous example um, of the um, guy that actually showed the group of people how they're blocking their mind from thinking. And he said, so if in 30 years we would not have a presence, what should we do now? And immediately the reaction of the people is it's impossible. It's impossible to not have prisons because there will be always people that are breaking the laws and they need to be locked away and stay away. But he said, like, just imagine if there would be the opportunity in 30 years not to have the prisons. What shall we do now? And then the people start to think, okay, well, if this is becoming sort of possible, then we probably need to educate the people. We need to make sure that the benefit system is right because nine times out of 10, the people that are struggling to find the jobs uh, and you know did not have the education will go the wrong ways. So, and immediately people are starting to produce some suggestions and ideas, which if you think just, two minutes before be not possible because the people are blocking their minds immediately that saying it's impossible or it's not gonna work. Once you're allowing yourself to think, yes, it is possible. Yes, you can find a cost-effective solution. Yes, you can find somehow people that can be your creative board or can be a board of directors. Then your mind starts to readjust and think completely differently. So I think we are blocking ourselves, it's all comes from here, from the mind, which I think nicely leads us to the next question. Uh, creativity, is this is something that is given or this is something that can be learned or trained? <laughs> I'm going to put the training spin on it. So what is your take on it? I think um, my take is that um, uh, it's, it's, it's a skill we, we, are, we are actually born with. Um, and unfortunately, mainly due to possibly education and, you know, very much um, teaching to the test and that there is often only one right answer. I think we, we train, train away this skill. So it's a skill that we, we can recapture. I think that's or or reaccess. I think it's, it's something that's there inherently. And um, one of the really good examples of this is um, I go back to Ken Robinson again, one of the most renowned experts on creativity and he does the, um, actually, I've got one right here, have I? Uh, the paperclip test. And um, basically, you, you take a piece of paper and you take your paperclip and just try and write down um, how many ideas you have um, 
how many uses you can come up with for for a paperclip. And uh, this is this is a really good uh, really good thing. You, you could actually take this um, take a piece of paper and try and add one new idea every day. So there's a little tip. But in, in answering your question, if you um, if you target school children, uh, most most are at genius level. I think they come up with more than 80 ideas. But then uh, using this study, as, as time and age goes up, the number of um, uses we come up with, uh, creative uses we come up with, with dec decreases. So we know, we know that it decreases over time. And this, this was really key for me is then, well, how do you then, how do you then recapture that creativity? And that was what I was trying to do with the five steps to creativity to, to create um, the environment, if you like, and, and um, removing the obstacles to try and uh, to try and recapture um, creativity. And actually, just, just linking this back to your previous question, one thing that was coming to mind was what is the cost of the idea that gets away, you know? So making sure that when those ideas do come to you, you've got a notepad to hand and having your, your team of directors or creative advisors, if you know, if you don't share your ideas, then there is the risk that you, you lose or you don't use them. So having that um, platform to, to, to share ideas is, is key. And um, hopefully if, if, if the right people are on your, you have the right trusted advisors around you, you know, you benefit from the, from the power of what I call collaborative creativity in that, you know, you and I, We've both got. We've both had a different education, different life experiences. So if we, if we, um, if we were using our creativity together, for me, this is much more powerful than using your own creativity. I think it's good to, to, to step back and immerse yourself in the problem and, and get some incubation of ideas going. But the real power comes when you when you get together and you start to your ideas bounce off each other and then they they can grow and and snowball. Absolutely agree with you. And the thing is, I, I do want to make a few remarks in the comments, but if I do, then the next question will be not really relevant. So I will do it after you answering me kindly the next question, which is, what is the most common misconceptions around the creativity? I think for, for certain, this, this comes back to the... Um... This comes back to to the definition. And actually, in fairness, I, I understand people's misconceptions about this because you know, when I was when I was looking scientifically to, to put my own module together, the very last thing I did was settle on a definition of creativity because creativity is uh, something I think inside we all mean the same thing. But the definition, if you ask 100 people what is creativity, they will give you a, quite a broad spectrum of, of answers. But we're using a different example. You don't even need to use the word creativity. I use the word tree. And I'm saying if if I'm saying the word tree, okay. your tree and my tree will never be the same. And it will Absolutely. be extremely hard to find somebody else whose tree will exactly match to my tree. And, and that is a simple word tree, not even talking about the creativity, which I mean, like can encapsulate so many things around it. So <laughs> sorry to interject there. No, not at all. And it's a great point. And, there's, and I think in a nutshell, there is a difference between creativity and talents, if you like. And, and often people, when they think creativity, their definition will be around art, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I can tell you, I am, in terms of talents and skill set, I am terrible at art. I wish I was not because there are some really talented people out there. And I wish I had, 
a tenth of their skill. But, uh, and so, you know, creativity, I think art is, is um, comes under the umbrella of creativity, but creativity is such a much broader skill and you can use it in, as we've been talking at the beginning of your podcast, in, in all areas of, of business and creative thinking, innovation, etc. I think, and, and, and this is where I wanted to jump in, I actually think the people, when they think about the creativity, they, as you rightly said, looking on such a big uh, topic or a big subject, and possibly they straight away thinking about drawing, about the design, and as you said, it's, it's the art aspect of it. And, you know, I like to bring a very simple example here. It's um, posts. Everybody is posting things on the Facebook and everybody's trying to be, let's so call it creative with it. And I think so many times people struggle because they think of the post as a creative creation, creative creation, but anyways, and uh, I suggest them to separate because you're having the artwork and you're having the copy. And usually people trying to produce the two at the same time. They're trying to think, well, we're going to have a sun there and the sky there and then the river going to be there and then my picture going to be in the middle and then the text is going to come over here. And then it's all getting very frustrated because then the text doesn't fit right and then you don't know, I mean, like, should I add this or remove that and then this all doesn't look pretty together and all of these things. So the first thing I always suggest, spend some time on writing the copy without even thinking about where and how it's going to go on to. I mean, like I do suggest to think that, you know, if it's a post, you probably don't have more than three, four lines there. Uh, otherwise, if you're going to write the story, it's probably not the post, there's going to be a blog post. So, you know, bearing in mind where this tag is going to go, but at least get the copy done first and then do the creative bit completely separately without thinking about the text, possibly bearing in mind that the text somewhere will have to appear on that post. So immediately by splitting this into two, it makes so much easier because people can immediately either come up with the uh, you know, text for 20 posts and they may be struggling with the visual or the opposite, they're gonna come up with 10, 15 different um, visual ways without actually having a text, which is fine because you know, I don't think you can be perfect in all the aspects of the creativity, but at least by splitting that, that makes the whole creative creation easier. And, and that's what I like to think about this. I think this is a process and it's not something that is given because um, I used to say to the clients, if you need to have a solution to a problem, you got to come up with 10 solutions. And they say, why 10? Well, we've got one. I say, no, no, no. You need to come up with 10 solutions to the same problem. And if you're struggling to come up with 10, then it's actually got to be 20. And the people don't understand this. And, and I think similar misconception can be around the creativity. If you don't have options to choose, there is kind of a lack of knowledge or a lack of vision. And that's where these 10 points reveals that. Because if you know the subject, it's not going to be a problem for you to come up with the 10 solutions. And probably in your mind, you will have more than 10, but hence it's a top 10. You're going to just take the best into it. Now, if you're struggling to come up with 10, that's identified that there is a gap of a knowledge and this is a dangerous point 
because that can mean that possibly you're missing on the good options out there. And by thinking that what you're doing within three or four is the best it can be, that's where the misconcept can be. So that's what the easiest test. Every morning, write the question and come up with 10 solutions. And it can be anything, anything in business. And if you're struggling to come with 10, then immediately that's like a bell. You might be missing out on something there. And for me, probably tackling the question of the creativity, if you need to come up with the, uh, with the solutions, the paperclip example is the perfect example. It is um, not really a skill, but this is like the time that you're allocating and assigning to do the certain activity. And if you're saying every week I'm spending one hour on creativity, whatever that needs to be, coming up with additional 10 options for the use for the paperclip, that's the start. Then you're going to change. It's not going to be a paperclip. It's going to be how to increase or decrease or save or maybe some other options. And as long as you're putting the time in, that's when something's going to start coming out. Somebody takes longer, somebody takes shorter, but I think everything starts with just allocating the time. And I think the main misconcept and the blocker is there that you'll say, well, I'm not a creative person, so that's why I'm not doing anything because I know I'm not good at it. And I think there is a lot of, I mean, like there's tons of the research about how much time you need to spend to become an expert in the field. And they're coming up with this miracle 10,000 hours. And then it's all these researches about the musicians and how long they're practicing. And, you know, in one single skill, uh, there is the other author that's expected. It only takes you 20 hours to master the skill. Um, and, and this is the thing. So if we think you allocate 20 hours, uh, and it's, uh, you're spending one hour a week, then in 20 weeks, you're probably going to have some creative, you know, solution to some problem. If you put this as, as, a, as, a, as a task to come up with a solution. So that, that's, that's kind of my thinking around this. Do you believe that there is a people that can actually claim that they're absolutely not creative people at all? And I mean, I, I love this example because um, Benjamin, uh, Zander, um, he is the um, conductor, orchestra conductor, and he did a TED talk, and he said there's so many people thinking that they are, you know, tone deaf, and you know, like they, they, you know, they don't understand the music and you know, um, don't have the right ear. And he made a marvelous example saying there's not one person that is a tone deaf, and he's saying when your mother calling you on the old phone, and and you and you're listening to her, you know immediately who is calling, what mood she's in, even though probably her phone is like 20 years old. So that proves the point that there is no tone deaf people at all out there. And it's just basically, this is the tag that the people tend to put on themselves saying like, we are tone deaf, we are not creative people. What do you think about this? Have you ever met a completely non-creative person? Uh, I think, uh... For me, it's it's about mind space. It's, I guess I guess it's separating again creativity and talents, for sure. Again, that's uh, music. Music is another skill I wish I was uh, talented at, but I guess I need to dedicate some more time to this. But I think um, I don't think there is anybody out there who isn't creative in their own industry. But I think that it's all about mind space. So if you make yourself busy in the job, constantly on the go never getting into that relaxed mind and creating mind space, um, then then you will never access your 
your creativity. So I think it's possible to block creativity, but I don't think it's impossible to... Um, I think we are all creative. I like that. And I think this is exactly how I think about this. I think once the people remove that block of saying that we are completely not creative people, person, whatever, then I think once you're allowing yourself to think that, yes, you are creative like anybody else, then the idea starts to flow. And this nicely leads me, do you want to oh, ask sorry. me? I, I got just using that MySpace, I just, you know, you really got me thinking when you were talking about the two-step two step process. And just an example for myself is uh, I, I have like um, pieces of paper everywhere. So I try and work offline because um, I know that the second I go near technology, then uh, my creativity will stop. And the best example for me is PowerPoint. So for years and years, uh, in, my, in, my, in my job, I ha quite often have to put together PowerPoint presentations. And I used to do them at the computer, uh, start at the computer. But of course, the second that you can't find the button that does the, the font that you want, the creativity is over. So now I, I won't go near the computer until I have, you know, my, my mind map yep. with my points that is, uh, is going to be the key messages I want to get across. Um, so I've already gone through the, the creativity before I try and start the design work, if you like. I like that. And, and I absolutely agree with you because um, this is an example of the extremes. So, you know, we do have the paper, pen, and, and, and the beauty there is it's this actual activity that you're doing with your fingers because, I mean, like there is tons of the, uh, you know, psychological research and tactical research. Why when, when the kids are small, we give them the plasticine and asking them to do a lot of small motorical things with their fingers because, you know, you, all the bases are your fingerprints activates your brain to think very differently. And, and the prime example there is I remember when I was writing the research dissertation back in university, I said, I'm going to be typing it straight away on the computer. And it's won't going to just flow. It's there, you're sitting there and, you know, you can type as quickly as you need, but it's just not flowing. You're taking the paper and you start writing it down and it just flows. And then you can cross the words and replace the words and you're thinking like, hmm, it's not really productive because then you will need to type it up. And I think when we're choosing the one extreme and we're saying, well, we just type it straight away or we're using the opposite extreme because there was a boss in the past that I used to work and he does not use the computer 36 years in the business his secretary still will bring him a printed email where he's going to write the answers and going to give it back to type it. And I'm saying this is another extreme. But I think what you're saying, to use the combination of the tools and not just to stick with one, because then possibly the old-fashioned creation uh, still gives you the certain edge that technology cannot give you. I mean, like, I've you know, invested into the iPad uh, pro because they had this pencil coming out and, and that's changed the experience of working on the iPad because you can write and you can change the colors and it can be a very creative tool to use and honestly God in comparison to computer when you're sitting and you're having these tools and, and you're getting engaged with this it's actually stimulated but there are certain things that you can't do on it even though you're forcing yourself but I still prefer to have a handwritten to-do list and this is the 
this is the nastiest thing for me because there is tons of tools, you know, that you can use for your to-dos and, and, and all of that. But I still use the paper. And I mean, like, I can show you, I mean, like, this is not the whole to-do thing. It's just a front page of the to-do things. But once you start writing the to-dos, I know you're coming up with more to-dos that you need to do versus uh, typing it on the iPad. And I've actually learned the lesson that you rewrite your to-do list every day. And if you don't complete the tasks that you set for yourself on the day, the punishment is you need to rewrite it. And possibly after three, four days of rewriting the same task, you're getting annoyed with it and saying, like, I'm going to definitely do this first thing tomorrow because I just had enough of rewriting the same point over and over again. Technology won't going to do that for you. It's just going to be there before you complete it. Yes, it's going to sit like a red dot reminder that you've got three outstanding tasks and you're just ignoring them and nothing much happening to them. So I think the danger is, and I'm not anti-technology and I'm not for the uh, you know analog way of doing things, but I'm actually uh, trying to preach that see where, what works best for you and use the certain things which you know works the best. And I know for me that uh, paper on the certain activities works much better than the iPad. And there is the other activities, like whenever I'm having the client notes, I don't use the paper because then you need to store it somewhere. And then you're having the paper all over the shop. So that's why they go straight away onto the iPad and I'm just writing them as, as we speak. And I know I can write as many as I want because they won't want to take more of the space, physical space. Uh, so, so this is, I think, um, important thing to remember that when we go extremes and we're just choosing one way of doing things, we might be missing so much more. And I think what you brought up is, is, is a marvelous example. Now, question, how can we practice creativity? Well, I think, um, one, so how can we practice creativity? I think, um, well, one, the first thing I think we most important thing we need to do is identify for ourselves where we are creative. Now that we've established we are all creative, we just need to re-access this. Maybe uh, just sit down with a with a piece of paper and a pencil. Again, this is not about how good you are at drawing, and just just draw on this piece of paper where you have your most creative ideas. And when you've done this, put it on the wall. As a, as a reminder, because this is the place that you need to go and try and get yourself into um, to, to, to then, to, to when you want to uh, capture your creativity. For me, when I, when I draw that picture, it's, it's, um, it's on the beach, not necessarily just, um, uh, you know, lying in the sun, but just being by the sea and walking on the beach, for example, I know that um, I can create mind space and um, you know, creative ideas will come to me. So first one is, most important is identifying your, where you're gonna have your creativity. And as I mentioned, when I do this uh, with people, common answers are in the shower, um, when you're driving, um, just before you fall asleep. And um, these, these are actually all, they may sound very different. Actually, they're all very, all the same because actually you're trying to get your brain in what the scientists would call alpha mode this is this point just between um, consciousness, you know, fully alert and being asleep. So as you start to wind down, so the first thing would be to, to, to try and um, 
identify for yourself. There's, there's no right and there's no wrong answer. And only you know the answer to this is where you have those ideas. But then, but then after this, I think we've been talking throughout this whole, um, you know, this, this uh, full of tips on this in that, you know, you can start off with um, a generic exercise, something like the paperclip exercise, you know, starting by every day, just trying to add three ideas. But I like your twist on this of actually the paperclip can then become the problem or the challenge that you want to solve in your business. And every day try and add a new, you know, take a new problem or a new challenge and try and come up with five, 10 ideas um, to solve this. And I think that maybe, maybe creativity is also a muscle and the, the, the more you access it, the more you use it, the stronger it's going to become. And, and I think, um, and the third one, again, for, for, for your listeners, again, something that you've been touching throughout this podcast is, is collaboration. And even if you think you are on working on your own, there are ways around this. And I really liked your example of um, um, the lady who uh, put, put a team of, of five advisors and directors around you. So the real shame is the idea that gets away. And the, what is the cost of the idea that gets away? And one of the things you can do is, is put that team around you and uh, you know, really invest in, in capturing, capturing and uh, verifying those, those ideas for your business. Thank you for that. Um, there is one um, add-on that uh, I used to use for, for a long time and I'm suggesting to most of the clients. It comes to your morning uh, rituals and uh, you know the, the day planning, even though we all starting planning the day from the evening before, that's the best thing because um, you won't going to come up with so many things before you go to bed for tomorrow than you would do the first thing in the morning. So just always start your day day before. But in the mornings, when I'm planning the day, I always have the uh, brainstorming activity. And it is anything that you want to uh, brainstorm and attend solution to the problem. Now, you don't pre-populate that a week ahead. So in the morning when you wake up and you're thinking, okay, well, what would you like I brainstorm today? And if we're struggling with sales, and uh, then just write down how possibly I can get extra clients or how can I come up with some, you know, lead generation things. And as long as you write 10 things, and it doesn't matter what they are, maybe some things that you've already done, maybe some things that you've been thinking, the actual process of writing the things down, you might finish on the seventh and you're thinking like, I need to push it to 10. So what else can I add? What can, so that moment, what else can I add helps. So you can come up and normally um, the most interesting thing is going to be the last points, not the first ones. It's always the last points that you possibly going to start implementing this because the last points uh, will be the most powerful. And even then, if you finish on the eight and you're still having nine and 10, and you're going to leave the task, the thought within your mind still going to continue working for you. And then doing something in the kitchen or just making another cup of coffee, all of a sudden, well, there's another idea I can add to that list. Because A, there is this task that's working on the background of your mind. And the second, there is a place where you can input it into. And I think many times we're missing on this inputting. So, um, you know, when we're talking about creating a plans, any plans, business plan, marketing plan, the people thinking, oh, it's a 
huge document and they don't have a starting point. And I'm saying, just take A4 paper and write on top of it. That's going to be my marketing plan. Doesn't matter if on marketing plan, there's only two words, which are marketing plan and there is nothing else. The psychologically, you having the place for the marketing plan. Now, whenever you're going to start thinking of something, you know exactly where these thoughts belongs to. And just by having that paper and writing one or two thoughts, that can trigger the whole plan of, you know, unrolling. Because now mind knows whatever you come up, you don't need to keep it there. It's got the place where you can actually, you know, input it onto. And and that's what um, I always used to suggest to the clients, have some space uh, or in your electronic diary, just create the line saying uh, what subject I would like to brainstorm. So you just write it down and you're writing 10 solutions to that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's work, sometimes it doesn't, but definitely it takes less than 10 minutes and it can be a very powerful thing once you're getting yourself into a habit of producing the solutions to so-called problems. Because as the Mel Robbins said, if the problem can be solved by action, it's not the problem. <laughs> That's what she used to say. Now, tricky question, and uh, then we can go to the top tips part, is where do we need creativity more, in marketing or in sales? Ooh. Wow, that is a tricky question. Um, I think for me, I, I have to say sales. You know, that's, that's my background. That's, that's what I've worked in. And I think um, in marketing, I think creativity is already is one of the areas where creativity is already maybe slightly embedded. But in sales, you know, customers um, are more confused than ever. They're getting the uh, same messages from multiple people and how we differentiate ourselves uh, as, as, as salespeople is becoming you know, even more challenging. So actually, there is so many areas in sales where we can um, use creativity. And I think it's, um, you know, from, from prospecting um, through right through to closing, that if we can bring um, the sales process into sales, we can really um, differentiate our, our products and our solution and help prevent customer confusion. Absolutely agree with you. Because I was thinking uh, on this question, and I think the reason why I had this question was people will think that creativity more needed in marketing, but, you know, nobody canceled the saying that before somebody sells something to someone, nothing will happen. And I think um, in the small organization or for the solopreneurs, uh, when they don't have anyone to allocate, well, your department is marketing, your department is sales, ultimately the salesperson going to fulfill the marketing and sales mm. at the same time. So that's why I perfectly, I mean, 100% agree with you that um, probably sale, uh, sales, that's where the creativity can, you know, sky is your limit uh, with prospecting especially. And um, there are different businesses, but the businesses that working with the, with the physical places, and I, I love taking example of the hotels because one of my clients, he's actually running the software for the hotels. And I said, like, for you, prospecting is the easiest thing to do because all of your clients are on the map. 
<laughs> you can just extract them from the map. Yes, it's going to take probably a bit longer. Uh, you think that you need, you know, split the country into the regions and then into the uh, districts and then the cities and then actually going through the map and crossing the hotels off. But once the list is created, you know who are your clients. And then it's only the matter of taking time of establishing the relations with them, reaching out to the decision makers and uh, actually bringing the product that you're offering across to them. And I don't think that the marketing is the most official way of doing it because we know who the buyers are. The marketing, in my opinion, works much better for the companies who are targeting everyone. So, you know, ask people, uh, you know, uh, the consumers that live in the multi-flats and you just can't get directly to them because the, the number of people is enormous. So that's where the marketing works perfectly. But if your product or service is linked with the businesses that's got a physical presence somewhere, that's where it makes the, you know, the, the easiest um, way in prospecting, in my opinion. Now, would you like to add anything else before we jump to the top tips part? No, I guess uh, just uh, as in um, the only thing I'd like to say probably links with the top tips, but creativity is ultimately about mind space. And I think um, the timing of uh, your kind invite onto your podcast is more important than ever in that I think 2020 has been a challenging year. I'm sure there's nobody out there that's saying it hasn't been a challenging year. Um, and, and more and more, more, it's become more important than ever that we actually make time and make mind space to, to work creatively. You know, I'm sure that none of none of your listeners started their business to to work on HR issues or or furloughing, and and now is the time actually to reflect and think how as we go into 2021, can can I recapture that creativity and and apply it to the to, to my business. I think everybody needs a, a creative take on how to continue doing what they used to do. So even thinking about, because I think 2020 for many people been quite a negative and, and that's how people take it. And it doesn't matter how you're trying to make it uh, sound less negative. It's going to have this um, you know pinch of negativity in it, no matter what you do. But I think, Creativity can actually start uh, helping people to get out of this negative mindset of thinking there, there might be a different ways. And yes, they're probably going to be not as easy and they're going to require more uh, of work. And I think that's what a lot of people are trying to fight with currently is we want the things to be the way they were before the COVID. And we know that we used to do possibly half of what we need to do now to get the same. And that's another thing that the people, um, you know, trying to constantly battle and fight with. And I think for those who are actually taking this as an opportunity and thinking, well, by the way, everybody else is in the same situation in, in my trade. And there was this marvelous example of the two Italian salesmen that woke up in the morning and they have a little, you know, corner shops and there's a pouring rain and uh, one salesman is looking outside of the window and saying, well, there will be no clients out there because it's pouring rain. The other salesman wakes up looking out there and saying, oh, my God, it's pouring rain. 
there will be no other salesman selling anything. So I will be the only one that will open the store because all the other salesmen are going to be sitting at home. <laughs> so this is another way of uh, looking on this. Um, I think it's, a, it's opportunity. I think the COVID will actually cut a lot of businesses that sort of um, been ishiwashi surviving. So I think for some other businesses that are based on the quality, they got the reason why they're doing that and they're doing it really well. That will be a big opportunity because they will have this overflow of the clients from the other businesses coming to them. And, you know, that, that could be a great opportunity as, as such. Now, top tips part. So what yeah. your one or two top tips of what to do? Uh, so number one is... Um, uh, it sounds it sounds really simple, but just taking that time to identify where you are most likely to have your creative ideas, and whether that's externally, as we we're talking about on the beach in the car, or whether that's something you can do in the office to create that environment for you to have more ideas. So once once you've identified this, keep hold of it and uh, keep keep it tight. And then the second thing is, um, I, I think making sure that you dedicate time to work um, on your business and not in your business. And maybe, um, so blocking out, you know, even if it's, you know, I appreciate you're all very busy people and, and you will need to be in the business with the day-to-day. But if you can block out maybe even one hour a week to start with to work on your business. And if you're not quite sure what we mean by on versus in the business, maybe you could just write a, a list of three things of why you started your business in the first place and try and recapture that, that passion and, and that purpose as to, you know, what do you, what do you set out to achieve? And when you've got those, um, maybe you could also write, um, you know, what are your top three goals for 2021? And once you've got those, again, put them on the wall, on, on the wall where you're working, you know, why did you start your business in the first place? And what are my top three goals um, for 2021 and and use that time that you've dedicated even if it's that one hour a week to work on those you know there was a reason you started your your, your great your great business and it, it wasn't for uh, these these negative reasons furloughing hr and um, you know use this creative time to to really drive your business forward again in in 2021 got it now not to do's not to do what are the top two, uh, one or two things that you would uh, try to save people from doing? So what would be your top suggestion of what not to do? So no, not to do, do not let your idea get away. You know, it's, we lose ideas all day, every day. And so I think you gave a really nice example of, um, you know, because your brain was going through incubation and then you went to make a cup of coffee, then the ideas came. So having your ideas, so having a notepad, the way to, the, the way to, um, to combat this is uh, um, having a notepad with you so you can write those ideas down. Um, so th- don't, don't let your ideas um, get away. And I think a second thing uh, is, is don't, don't keep those ideas to yourself either. And uh, I think you know, one of the really nice, uh, one of the really biggest takeaways for me, actually, from doing this podcast with you is, is um, it's something I often talk about, but I never really maybe thought about the practicalities of doing it, is that if you keep your idea to yourself, then you don't benefit from the, um, 
the power of collaborative creativity. And so it, I know that a lot of your listeners are, are, are maybe sole traders, entrepreneurs, but don't feel that you are, you're on your own and you've got to keep your idea to yourself. Even if you're not in a position at the moment to employ a, five people into a creativity team, there are ways to put um, trusted, trusted advisors or a board of directors around yourself um, so that you don't need to keep your ideas to yourself and you can benefit from the, the power of collaborative creativity. I like that. And I would like to make an, an add-on to that, if I may. Please. I think from the not to do's, for me, it would be the most important thing. Don't stay around negative people. The people that's killing your ideas, no matter how small or big, funny, dumb, or incredible they are, as long as you're staying with the right-minded people, the people that will support, sincerely support you and believe with what you're doing, uh, you know, even if it's won't going to work out, you've tried and you've learned something out of it. I mean, James Dyson was saying, you know, um, with engineer and teaching, I mean, like, if you give to an engineer a, a golf stick, how much you can learn from it? So you can try to bend it, you can try to break it, you can use it as a weapon. You know, the creative people, engineers, which are creative people, because they always need to come up with the creative solutions, they're saying there's so much you can learn from the golf stick on its own, as long as you're allowing that. And then um, not to stay around the people that are telling you you can't do that. That's one going to work. Um, I think that's, that's, that's the thing. So whenever you're choosing the people around you, you don't choose anyone because the people can be sincerely wrong, even trying to have the best for you. They can advise you on saying, you know, not to do something. So you need to be careful with selecting people that's, uh, actually on your side and sometimes they can be against the ideas and they will be trying to prevent you from making a mistake that possibly they've done in the past and there is a danger there as well because you know we will never have two situations the same with the same person doing exactly the same things to get exactly the same results even if it's one going to work it's one going to be exactly the same as somebody else that something did not work so you're learning will be much more in depth uh, after somebody says it's not going to work because of X, Y, Z. So you probably will try to bear this in mind and do something different. And maybe, just maybe, it's going to work. It's like with Elon Musk. You know, the, how many times he failed. And if he would listen and say, you know, you can't have this um, ship that comes back to Earth and, you know, uh, reusable, uh, we wouldn't see that. And because people believe that, you know, if we think we can do that, we can do that. So that would be one of the uh, remarks uh, from my side on not to do, it's not to stay around the negative people that's killing your creativity. Stay around people that will believe and support you no matter what it is, and they will really mean it. And now the last part is the next steps. Do you have any suggestions for one or two next steps that people can do after listening to the podcast or as of Monday? And it is Monday today. So any suggestions? I think um, I, I, without a risk of repeating myself, I guess, uh, you know, I, I think, um, the, you know, the environment and making sure that you are d dedicating that time. And I think now is more, more important 
you know, setting aside that time to work on your business, even just start off by blocking out one hour a week. Even if that means you, you, you know, if you normally start work at 9am going into the office or to your shop um, one hour a week, uh, one hour, one hour, one hour early, just to work on your business. And now is, I think is a great time for us all to take stock and, and just write down those top three reasons why you started your business. And hopefully that will um, really inspire you um, as, as we, as we move into 2021. And I guess, um, you know, one of the, I, I imagine that um, some of your listeners may be sole traders working in shops um, and, Again, don't don't be afraid. Don't 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 be on your own. Even if you think, you know, I'm a shoe shop. Next door is a clothes shop. You, you can still benefit from um, collaboration. And maybe you know, you just if you are a, a, sh- a shopkeeper, go and knock on the um, on the doors of the five five shops um, closest to you, and you know, use that as collaboration. What what can we do together? Because um, ultimately, the high street comes down to footfall. And even though your your neighbor is selling something different than, than you are, if you work together to increase the footfall past your shops collaboratively, then this can on, only help you. I like that one. Thank you for um, bringing this one up. I think a long time ago, we've learned lesson that don't compete with one another and don't try to fight for, for the same client. And And the example there was that if you imagine the market is a pie and, and it's split between these five shopkeepers, by actually fighting to try to get your clients or stealing the clients from one another, we're gonna grow the pie. If we all come together and we think about how we can make the pie bigger, then ultimately everyone will benefit from, from the bigger pie. And I don't think there is um, many trades uh, and many businesses that's actually still keeping that mindset on what can we do together rather than competing with one another, but what can we do together to grow the pie bigger so then everyone will have more. So instead of using the same amount of the effort and then not feeling so good because ultimately you're gonna know that, you know, we're pinching these clients from, from the other people when we're growing the pie together, you know, that's a win-win for all. Couldn't agree more. And, and actually, um, there is there is some people, and I don't necessarily disagree with this, that there are some thoughts when it comes back to creativity, there are new ideas. There are no new ideas. And actually, we're just taking new challenges or new problems, as you've been mentioning, and bringing old solutions to them. So if you take, for example, so... You know, don't be afraid to to if you if you're in the high street. You know, look at look at how other towns have um, come together as using your pie example to to grow the pie. I mean, what one one area you could look at is um, for retail is is like look at the seaside town. At the end of the day, if to use your pie example, if a if a small seaside town doesn't work as a pie, then everybody's going to fail because if if the people are not going, it doesn't matter what you're selling in your own little shop, then everybody will fail if, unless the people are, are walking by. So bringing ideas from, from other industries, from other areas, and how can you apply those to your own, your own business or your own job? Nicely said. Thank you for that. Now, to all of our listeners, a big thanks for listening. All details will be posted in the description below. Uh, in the next episode, 
Aidan and I will be talking about the sales tricks and how creativity gave birth to Sally the elephant. Please make sure you subscribe and share, as well as please stay safe and look after yourself. This was Top Tips for and by Small Business Owners podcast, hosted by me, Edgar Callens, business coach, and my co-host, Aid Fleet, creative expert and founder of the Sales Aids Training. See you next time and goodbye. Thank you for having me.